Welcome to the Ecom Wiz Podcast, a podcast that helps Amazon sellers to dominate the marketplace. And I do mean dominate. Dominate. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon influencers in the industry. This is the Ecom Wiz Podcast. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining the Ecom Wiz Podcast. My name is Henson, and today, our guest is Casey Gauss, and Casey is the founder and CEO of FireLaunch. And I'm sure most of the listeners today have heard of FireLaunch as they are one of the biggest and original Amazon software platforms, and they provide a suite of really powerful tools to help Amazon sellers succeed. So please check out their website at viral-launch.com. Uh, so let's get this started. Uh, welcome, Casey, and thanks for joining the EcomWiz podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Henson. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so could you give us a, maybe a quick little background of um, you know, what you did before you got into Amazon? How did you end up starting Viral Launch? Yeah. So my story is, I, you know, I'm, I'm currently 26. I started, uh, I went to college, was studying business, taught myself how to code, dropped out building some iOS apps, uh, apps for the iPhone, if you will. And a friend of mine, we had run track together in college. He was selling on Amazon and basically he pitched a viral launch to me as this opportunity to make, you know, an extra $10,000 per month between the two of us. And I would be able to use that as side money as I focus on some of my, my app ideas essentially. And like, you know, things kind of just took off from there. Like, so I still to date have never sold a, a physical product online and I've really just been able to learn from all the data that we're getting. You know, I have friends that are doing, uh, over a hundred million dollars per year on Amazon. And so kind of just being part of the space, using our data uh, to, to pull insights new, you know, this kind of analysis has really helped me to get to where I am. And now, you know, Viral Launch is over uh, 70 employees. I think we're close to 75 and uh, yeah, just focus on helping people sell on Amazon. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I never knew that you actually never sold a physical product before. Is that something you might want to try doing in the future? Like since you, if you've seen so many, I mean, if you help so many businesses succeed, right? Does that ever yeah. like, like, do you ever have the curiosity to say, Hey, let's, let me try like making my own product one day and see like what I can do with that or. So definitely in the beginning, I was, I was very, very tempted just because like, especially like cell phone cases, cell phone accessories were not nearly as saturated as they are, but they're selling so well. So I was super tempted at one point, but I just felt like there's so much a conflict of interest and, you know, at this point, well, and then there was a period probably two years ago where some friends of mine, they went and sold their Amazon business for like $15 million and we had helped drive like a lot of that success. And so I, you know, I, I basically felt like I knew the formula, but I felt like there's too much of a conflict of interest. And now we work with some major brands where like data security, like all these things are so important. And if they knew, you know, if I was selling and they knew that they probably just wouldn't even work with us. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I basically abstained from selling because I don't want any conflicts of interest. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I totally understand. But um, yeah, that's great. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Viral Launch. Um, you guys have so many great tools um, that you offer. Like, which tool would you say is the most popular or the one that people use the most? Yeah, no, thank you. So our most popular tool is our Chrome extension. It's called Market Intelligence. And, you know, we, we launched this a little over two years ago now. And, um, you know, basically there was a lot of things like, 
Jungle Scout was the dominant tool at the time, still, you know, super popular. And there was just a lot of things that Jungle Scout wasn't doing, like looking at market trends, for example. Uh, so like, instead of just looking at how a product is doing now, looking at the seasonality of the market. So there's a lot of like cool new ideas that we introduced to the space when we, when we launched that tool. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have caught up now, which is cool, um, helping people to make better decisions. But yeah, market intelligence is our most popular, but we, we really dove into the product research phase for a little bit and then keyword research. And now we're focusing on like more kind of overall management and we have a PPC tool that will be launching very quickly. So, uh, yeah, like basically I, I believe that in a lot of different areas, you have to be an expert at kind of everything in order to be an expert at anything. So for example, you know, you have people that write Amazon listings, but if they don't know how, uh, the sales interact with the listing content to drive ranking, then you can't write a really well SEO optimized title because you don't have 30,000, uh, launches that you've run to understand how like, those keywords are impacting sales or you don't have a split testing tool to know how like what you're writing impacts sales. And from there, like to build a keyword research tool, you can't build a keyword research tool if you also don't have that SEO knowledge. So like we, we've kind of felt like, okay, you know, in order to be an expert here, we got to build this in order to be an expert over here or because we're an expert here, we can build this. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of how we've gotten to doing a lot, if you will. Cool. Yeah, that's that's really good uh, information. So, so since you guys are uh, know so much about doing product launches, like as a new seller, what would you say like that's the first thing they need to do? Is it is it keyword research they have to first figure out to check their competitors and make sure that this product is something they actually really want to try to compete in? And then what do they do after that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I think one one thing that we're trying or the, the market is shifting overall. And, you know, we're, we're trying to push this as well as like people should really be doing their keyword research before they even source their product. Because too often, you know, the, you, you are asking some of the mistakes that sellers make is like, you know, one mistake they make is they source a product, but they don't know what keywords are going to be driving those sales. And on Amazon, like keywords are kind of the lifeblood of the business. It's your job to get in front of the traffic that is coming that Amazon is sending via keywords. And so, you know, I have people that come to me, they have a product and they're like, Hey, I'm struggling to sell well. And I ask them, you know, well, what's your main keyword? And they're like, well, I don't know. It's kind of this, but it's kind of that. And like the way to drive sales on Amazon is, is ranking uh, at exactly. the end of the day. So like before you source your product, you have to know what your keyword strategy is going to be because, you know, I also see people that they source a product, you know, they, they see that there's high demand or a lot of people are selling them or whatever it may be, but they don't have that keyword strategy. And had they looked at their, the keywords that they would need to get ranking for and that they'd be competing on, they'd have realized, wow, this is a very competitive space. So if you do your keyword research upfront, you already know what keywords you're going to need to go and rank for, you know how competitive they're going to be. And you, you have a good idea of how much marketing dollars you're going to have to put into the business in order to be successful. So basically like you, you don't, you're not pl uh, playing as much of a risk when you're sourcing that product. So really you should be doing your keyword research upfront and really kind of understanding what your competitors are doing from a keyword research perspective. What keywords are they prioritizing in their listing? What keywords are they ranking for? What keywords aren't they ranking for? What keywords are they running ads on? What keywords aren't they running ads on? And you know, at the end of the day, you'll, you'll have a really good 
understanding of, wow, well, the top sellers in this market are missing out on these four words organically that collectively have 10,000 searches per month. And they're missing out on all of these keywords from a PPC perspective. And so that's, that's a really cool opportunity for me to seize like th th those pieces of the market and really have a fighting chance. So now I feel really comfortable in this product. And then, you know, once you have the product, then you can use that same keyword research to do your listing optimization. Again, make sure that the data is up to date, but do your listing optimization, build out your listing, and then you already have the keywords that you need for your PPC. And then if you want to do anything related to like rebates or giveaways, then you have the ability to do that. So basically it's, it's a lot of work up front, but do the work up front. So you're that much more likely to be successful. Right. That's a really good uh, data right there. So um, question for you is a lot of sellers these days, um, you know, Amazon is very different than it was, let's say three or four years ago. There's so okay. much more com competition and saturation. Now, do you still see that there's still competitive um, parts in Amazon where like, let's say there's a new product that someone wants to get into. Will those still be able to compete with some of the top sellers? And is there strategies that you can help um, make sure that they can actually get there? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think in general, there's always going to be like new fads, if you will. So, you know, there's always going to be a new fidget spinner or new, new beauty product or new supplement, but finding those is difficult. And like, you know, some of my most successful friends are people that kind of almost accidentally sourced the product and had the product right before the fad took off. And, you know, now they're making a million dollars plus per year off of a single product, which is cool. But you shouldn't be betting on that. And the opportunity, and to, to your point, yes, it's getting more competitive. And before the products that we used to go after, we wouldn't because the amount of marketing dollars we're going to have to spend, like the amount of competition is just too great. So now kind of our suggestion and our strategy is, is looking for what we call micro niches. So a micro niche is essentially a product that you have the opportunity on a, a single product to do anywhere between eight and $20,000 per month top line revenue. If you go above $20,000 per month top line revenue, you start to get into these product markets where they're a lot more competitive and you have more sophisticated sellers, you know, being more aggressive in that space. Because, you know, if you think about someone that's doing a couple million dollars a year, they don't care as much about a product that's only selling $10,000 a month because they know that they can go after a product that's doing $50,000 per month or more. Um, so basically trying to, to find these products that are flying under the radar, but still provide good opportunity where you're not going to have to spend as much in marketing dollars. You're not going to have to be as aggressive from a uh, competition standpoint. And you're, you're going to be able to sleep at night because you don't feel like competitors are just going and leaving bad reviews or, you know, doing all kinds of things that these uh, competitors do. So basically my suggestion is look for markets that are not too competitive that are in kind of that eight to $20,000 per month top line revenue mark uh, because like they're, they're a lot less competitive and there are some opportunities outside of that. Uh, but you have to kind of like look outside the norm. So look for products that are really heavy or oddly shaped like the products basically that no one else wants to sell. That's what you should be trying to sell because the harder it is to get into the market or, you know, the bigger the hurdle, the less people are going to be jumping over that hurdle to go and be successful. And the more you'll be carving out this niche for yourself. 
Got it. Yeah. So what about after, look, let's say we do our keyword research, uh, we do our listing optimization. Now I got my product and now I want to be able to get that, you know, first 10 reviews or get that sales velocity going. And I know, um, you know, back then you guys were very good with doing the product launches. Uh, are you guys still doing product launches for sellers? And what's, what have you seen that's, uh, changed uh, recently? Cause there's been a lot of rumors saying that, you know, I shouldn't, do discounts more than, you know, 80 or 90% or I shouldn't do any discounts at all because it could be a waste of money because Amazon doesn't rank discounts as how they used to rank before. So what are your thoughts and um, suggestions on the, the launch part? Yeah, great question. So, you know, yes, we are still doing some giveaways because some people just, they prefer that method and that's kind of what they've always relied on. Um, typically it's bigger sellers that are, are doing these, these giveaways, but this, this isn't really the advised strategy anymore. Um, we, we just offer the tool because people still want it. So first off, you know, our strategy is starting off with PPC and the re Amazon advertising specifically. And the reason for that is uh, a couple. So one, at the end of the day, you, you have your main keyword in mind. Let's say you're selling a fish oil you know that fish oil is your main keyword. But the problem is that you don't know how well you perform for that keyword. Maybe competitors, or sorry, maybe customers or potential customers think that you're more of an omega-3 oil, right? Or, or some other long tail keywords. So basically not your main keyword. So maybe it's fish oil supplement, maybe it's uh, fish oil pills, maybe it's heart health pills. Like, you know, there, there's so many keywords that are related to your product and you really should be using advertising data, which gives you the opportunity to really understand what the keywords are that customers actually want to buy your product for. Because too often will we see people that, you know, they have one to, you know, just a few reviews, if you will, and they go and they try to get ranking for that fish oil keyword and they don't, they don't sell very well. And they end up falling down in the search results and they kind of wasted some of that money. I, you know, like getting ranking for a keyword that you don't convert well for um, just sucks. Like it's, it's usually a waste of money. So our suggestion is run PPC, be aggressive for your first two to four weeks and really get a lot of data around what keywords you're converting well for. And those are the keywords that you should start trying to rank for. Um, and I'll talk about the ranking method. Or a lot of times you'll start ranking for those keywords or organically just because you're having success with PPC. Now, a lot of people think that PPC ranking uh, or ranking with PPC, the old strategy was, okay, I'm going to spend whatever it takes and I'm going to just, you know, drive as many sales as possible with PPC for this keyword. Even if my ACOS is super high, even if I have to pay crazy cost per clicks and have a crazy budget. Um, and the problem is, is that actually if you're not performing well for a keyword, even if you're driving a bunch of sales, that will actually hurt your ranking because you're basically telling Amazon that, yeah, I don't really convert as well for this keyword. My click through rate isn't as good for this keyword. Like basically you're telling Amazon that you're not performing very well for that keyword. So they don't want to show you, uh, organically nearly as, as much. Um, and so the strategy really with PPC is all about finding your most efficient traffic, your most efficient keywords and really scaling those up. So basically versus telling Amazon, telling customers what you should be ranking for and what they should be buying for. It's a lot more about following the data and identifying the keywords based on performance, what keywords you should be ranking for based on how customers are actually buying. 
So start off with PPC, get that data around keywords. And then secondly, what's working for, uh, for driving ranking very quickly? Because the PPC approach does take longer. Um, what works for ranking very quickly? Now, we don't offer this as a service because I, I think that it is against terms of service to do this. But I will say I'm not seeing anybody get in trouble for this. And I know that it's working very well. So I, I have to share that stipulation. Um, so basically what people are doing is they're doing rebates. A lot of people are doing it through their own kind of mini chat funnel. So basically you run Facebook ads talking about like, hey, wanna try this brand new hot product on Amazon or whatever, driving interest in your product. And you get them into mini chat, get them excited about the product. And then you uh, basically have them if, if they are ranking after page three, then basically you give them a URL that allows them to click on the product, takes them to you know, page 30 or whatever kind of URL you wanna to use to drive ranking. <clears throat> they buy it at full price and then you reimburse them through PayPal the full price. So they get the product for free, but they pay full price for it. You give them a, you know, a full rebate essentially. And once your product starts ranking for that keyword on page three or so, now a lot of people are doing what's called search find buy where, okay, if the keyword is fish oil, you tell the customer, you change the mini chat flow to say, Hey, just go search fish oil, look for this product. You show them an image and you know, you might find it on page two or three. So then they go and they do that and that really starts to boost the keyword ranking and you continue to refund through PayPal. So I, I, I think the refund piece, is against uh, terms of service, you're compensating someone for buying your product. Uh, and then secondly, the search find by telling a customer what to do to drive your ranking. Like, you know, I, I don't agree with those things, but again, I do see a lot of people having success there. Right, right. And I've, I've heard of that strategy and there's a lot of different softwares now that people try to build the many chat sequence, get the buyer data, like exactly how you said. But I, I think I totally agree with you. It's, it's against TOS and it's probably just a matter of time before Amazon you know, releases something to tell you he can't do this anymore because really it is, and it's, it's a way of um, manipulating search rank, right? Or just ranking in general. It's not like a real purchase. So yeah, Amazon really well, wants and, to, and, sorry. Yeah. I say Amazon really wants to have like real data reading. Like they want to know exactly what people are really clicking on what they really want to buy rather than you having forcing someone to buy something to move it up uh, into the, you know, the top yeah. page or two. So and the, and the plus side to the seller, but the piece that Amazon doesn't like here is that now when that person goes and leaves a review, it's, it's shown as a verified purchase because they paid full price for that. And so it, it just, it just seems manipulative. Right. I told you, yeah, that's, I, I was, I would say I try to avoid that, but if, if it works <laughs> now and if you're a new seller and you need to get a little advantage there, you know, it might be something you want to look into. Yeah, Absolutely. And talking about PBC, I see you guys are um, launching, you said you're launching a new service for PBC. Is that the space managed services that you're talking about? Yeah, so we, we've been running PBC for people probably close to a year now. Um, it started very small and recently we've been doing this more as a managed service. And that's just because we needed people to test out our software and we have a lot of expertise in house to, to manage PPC. So yeah, currently we have what's called space managed services. Space stands for sales performance and conversion engine. We're probably going to change the name, but anyways, right now, you know, people are coming to us and we're managing PPC with the focus of driving keyword ranking. It's going really well, uh, but we'll actually be releasing a PPC management tool here very soon. 
Awesome. So that's going to be automated, right? It's not like someone's actually managing anymore. Yep. Yeah. So we'll, we'll still have kind of managed services. So we, we also work with some major brands and these brands, they don't want to use tools. Like they want someone else to manage their PPC. Um, and so the, the, uh, PPC tool will be for those that like want to be able to do it themselves or they want to, you know, have an automated system, go and manage it for them. Gotcha. Gotcha. So with PPC, you guys probably have a lot of data in terms of prices and, you know, what listing prices and how much you're changing. Uh, one of the biggest things right now is the uh, Trump tariffs with the 25% increase. Uh, yeah. and there's a lot of people that don't really know what's going to happen in the future. Have you seen, have you seen a lot of the customers just increase their prices because of this? Or uh, what do you think is the, the result of this tariff that's going on right now? Yeah. So you brought this up and that is a really good question that I'm going to ask the team after this. I'm going to ask them to go look into because uh, it would be very interesting to see if average price point in some of the markets are, are increasing and you know, to what degree it would, it would probably be hard to statistically say like, Hey, yes, this is, this is due to the price, uh, the uh, tariffs, but um, it's definitely worth looking into. I, just from my limited perspective, I know a lot of people are looking at trying to move suppliers to like Vietnam or yeah, you, you name it. Um, and, and there's some companies out there that are like trying to help people do that and they're having a lot of success with it. But, uh, yeah, right now I'm seeing a lot of people that are trying to move production outside. Uh, some other people are kind of just trying to hold on and they're eating the, the lower margins and they're trying to like hope that this blows over. Um, because like their, their market right now with the way that competitors are pricing can't afford it. So, uh, yeah, from a limited perspective, that's what I'm seeing, but I do want to go get a, a data perspective to see like what's going on. Yeah. That'd be really interesting to see. And then, um, really interesting what's going to happen in the next, you know, six months to a year, because, uh, like you said, a lot of suppliers are now moving to other countries. Are there going to be more suppliers that are going to come to the U S maybe just, instead of importing it, they can just get it from here, right? And then yeah. I guess the big question is how much prices are going to um, go up in terms of uh, consumers, right? Am I going to yeah. be paying, you know, 10% more, 15% more, right? Or are just going to, a lot of businesses on Amazon going to close down. So these are all things that, um, you know, we should monitor in the future. It's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. And, um, I was talking with a, a friend recently and he was saying that labor costs in Vietnam versus China is about a third to two thirds what it is in China, but the cost of materials is so much cheaper in China. So like a lot of Vietnam factories, Vietnamese factories will, uh, you know, buy the materials in China, have it assembled or whatever in Vietnam. And now your country of origin is Vietnam. Um, another cool strategy, uh, this is, this is Nathan from Sourceify. Um, another cool strategy that he shared with just in terms of managing cash flow is you can bring the inventory in through the port, uh, you know, bring, bring it into like San Diego or something and then have it like, um, tr uh, shipped by truck on bond, um, to Mexico have it sit in a warehouse in Mexico and you can bring in just the amount of inventory you need from Mexico into FBA. So you're only paying tariffs like bit by bit essentially. Yeah. I, I'm sure these, um, you know, most sellers are pretty creative, right? They'll find, <laughs> they always try to find a loophole. Right? They, oh yeah. Costs and you know, the system always will try to revert itself and 
you know, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, oh, for sure. Well, what's your thoughts on like Amazon in the next, you know, five years? Do you think Amazon is still going to be the dominant platform or do you think there could be maybe another platform or another service like Walmart or Shopify or, you know, Jet or something that could overtake Amazon? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of good questions. I think that Amazon will, five years from now, I do think that Amazon will still be the dominant player. I mean, it's just going to be hard to like, you know, overthrow someone that is close to 50% of all e-com sales. And like, they're just, they're, they're, they're investing so heavily in the future. If they were just sitting back and saying we won, then I feel like they would be more likely to be kind of like, uh, you know, pushed out of the seat, if you will. I do know that Walmart is investing really heavily in, um, I know Walmart is investing, investing very heavily in e-com in the, the, the thing that they're kind of bragging about is the fact that there's such less competition over there. So they do about 14% the GMV that Amazon does, but they have about 1% the sellers. And so, you know, there's this cool uh, company called Deliver with two R's that is really stepping up and in, in helping people move from Amazon to Walmart from a logistics perspective. So I know that Walmart is trying to build an ecosystem around them. They're trying to get the momentum, but like mm-hmm. it, it's just a chicken and the egg scenario. There's no traffic. So no one wants to offer any products, but you know, there's no product. So why would anybody go and buy? Um, I, I honestly think that, you know, I, I used to think that Walmart could come back and, you know, really have some success against Amazon. My, my newest prediction is actually that Facebook uh, will become the second biggest online uh, marketplace in the U.S. And it's because, you know, no one has more attention than Facebook, like 2 billion monthly active users. And, you know, to, to some degree, like people trust Facebook and Facebook already knows what kind of stuff that you buy because you're, you know, they're running ads to you already. And what if Facebook says to advertisers, Hey, you know, we'll give you a discount. If you, instead of sending it to your own website or sending this traffic to Amazon, just send it to Facebook. Right. And Facebook is already doing some of this stuff where for some sellers selling brand new products on Facebook, they are subsidizing your fulfillment fees. So for every purchase, they'll pay you $5 so that you can fulfill the product. And so like, I know some people that are kind of taking advantage of the system and they're, they're selling things for a dollar and they're making profit because of this kind of subsidization that Facebook is doing. So I think Facebook has the tech capabilities. They have the ability to grow an audience. I mean, look at their ability to grow Instagram, for example, and like they already have the attention. They already have a lot of the buying behavior data. Like I think that Facebook presents the biggest opportunity. Yeah, um, I think I agree with you on the Facebook cart based on the data. Um, I think the biggest thing that Amazon has over everyone else um, is really the shipping infrastructure, right? Because as a buyer, what is the most important thing for you? It's, it's not the product because I could buy the product anywhere I want, but it's yeah. how fast I can get the product from, right? So if Facebook could come up with a way to uh, subsidize or get the product delivered to the customer, as fast as Amazon can, then I think then they're seriously in contention to compete with them. Um, and in my opinion, I don't know in the future, like tech changes a lot, right? So yeah. right now it's just software, but you know, as a hardware or like drones or whatever, like delivery methods can become, you know, more automated, easily uh, cheaper, right? Like if I can deliver a package from A to B and one day with a machine or something, then, you know, Amazon could lose its edge. 
right? Or sure. Amazon, they're probably already investing in. I'm sure we've all read articles on how they want to use drone delivery. So I don't know. That could be the next thing. But it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen in the next few years. Um, yeah, for sure. Especially especially in the last couple of years, like we've seen how much you know Amazon has evolved and changed, right? Like eBay. Just like five years ago was probably a dominant marketplace, and then suddenly Amazon just came out of nowhere and just took them over, right? So, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, some good stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, what I mean, is there anything else like you really excited about in the future of Amazon? Like, you know, any insights you want to give um, sellers on, you know, being optimistic about growing brands or whatever yeah. thoughts you have? Yeah. I mean, I the main optimism is just the fact that Amazon continues to grow. I mean, as Amazon grows, that's opportunity for sellers to grow. So long as you kind of stay on top of your market and, you know, five years ago, you might've been selling, if you're the number one, call it fish oil, you might've been selling 10,000 units per month and now you're selling 40,000 units per month. Right. Uh, and so that, that trend I think is just going to continue to, uh, evolve as our buying behavior continues to move over to e-commerce. And so I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really optimistic about that. I also want to encourage people to be optimistic about change or try to have an optimistic perspective about change because, you know, that is one of the biggest constants of selling on Amazon is that things are absolutely going to change. And it's the people that like respond to that change and are willing to adapt and set themselves up well for the long term that are going to be the most successful. So, you know, one example is um, the review changes that started in 2016. I had a, a customer that was selling, um, I want to, I, now I can't remember, somewhere around like $20 million per year. And uh, so like 2015, he sold close to $20 million. And then um, 2017, he, he barely broke two or $3 million. And it's all because his business, it was built kind of around this whole review system and he no longer like knew how to launch products. He wasn't very invested in like trying to figure out this new path. He kind of just was like so laid back and he wasn't like really invested in understanding Amazon and being like on top of every change. And so on the flip side, I know a lot of people that have been incredibly successful post 2016, right? And so anyways, basically I just want to encourage you like so much is going to change. I think I think search search is going to change. I think the way people buy on Amazon is going to change so much. Like right now we see, you know, 60 to 85% of sales come from organic traffic. So this is like keyword ranking, affiliates and stuff like that. Well, I think uh, I think that less and less will your organic ranking matter. I think it'll be more about the influencers that are pushing your product, more about uh, buying through voice and more about Amazon already sending you the products that they think that you want, right? So right. there's always going to be new opportunities. So now the new opportunity is really designing your title for voice so that when someone hears Alexa read your product title, they know they have to buy that product, right? Like video. And so I think there's always going to be these, these changes and these evolutions. And if you're very diligent and in, intentional about staying on top of those changes, you have so much opportunity ahead of you. Uh, but if you look at this as like, you know, I'm going to sit on the beach and have some VAs kind of just uh, fulfill some SOPs, despite everything changing around me, it's going to be difficult to have that long-term success on Amazon. 
Yeah, 100% agree with you. And, um, you know, to, to grow a successful business, it's all about, you know, educating yourself, knowing the changing environment, and then being able to adapt to it as soon as possible. And, yeah, um, yeah I love what you guys are doing at Viral Launch here. You guys are always uh, innovating new tools and, you know, helping sellers out. So um, I'll end it as uh, end it here. And I really <laughs> appreciate you being on today with us. And again, um, this is Casey from Viral Launch. Uh, check out their website, uh, viral-launch.com. And uh, great having you on today, Casey. Thanks so much, Henson. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us this week on the Ecom Wiz Podcast. Podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, FeedbackWiz.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Spotify. That way, you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found the show helpful, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us also. Join us next week for more great tips to help Amazon sellers dominate the marketplace. 